Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, ESPN LA, and it is uh, July second, two thousand eighteen. Uh, a new era for the Lakers. Yes, our long national nightmare is over, Andy. The Lakers are once again a good team, and that is because they got one new player, LeBron James. Yes. Yes, uh, he made his decision known in very uh, subtle, more sleek, stealthy terms than, uh, say, the decision in 2010 or even the Lee Jenkins article for SI in 2014 when he returned to the Cavs. It was basically just a statement released by Clutch Sports, who represents him over Twitter, that he was joining the Lakers, and that's it. from there he ghosted on a private plane yeah, with that- his wife. For a European trip. No press conferences are scheduled. No nothing. We're not going to see or hear from LeBron, they say, until, you know, for about a month, it could be. So, um, yeah, it, that that's kind of boss. It's like you know you're, you are do, you're making the most consequential decision uh, in the NBA, and you do it in a paragraph and then go to Europe. You know what, you know what it's the equivalent of? And, I mean, obviously, contextually, it's completely different, but the same sort of stealthy boss move – Remember in The Godfather 2 when Michael is testifying before Congress and they fly in the other brother? Oh, right. And they just uh, parade him the, in the back. Yeah, right. Frankie, uh, Frankie Five Angels, his brother, uh, they fly over from Sicily who doesn't speak any English. And he's just sitting in the crowd, which makes Frankie recant all of his testimony against Michael Corleone. And then he just goes back to Sicily. Yep, that's it. You're right. It is contextually a little different. It's contextually different, but it's that's it's but that, is it that sa- different. It's the uh, same. Di- well, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to the juice that LeBron has, is it actually that different? Um, so obviously, LeBron this, can have a man killed. This if is he a wants seismic to. moment for the for the franchise. I'm not saying he does. Moment. I'm just saying he could. Oh, um, seismic moment for the NBA. Seismic moment for the franchise, and it it you know obviously returns the Lakers to a level of. Um, of relevance that they haven't had since you know the end of the really the 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 end of the Dwight era um short as that era was can you call that an era i guess it was an era short era but you know what what's but this is going to be fun this, era right so this it's a 3 year deal a 3 plus 1 um 150 million dollars we're looking at 4 years and what i think is amazing about this andy is so much of what we thought would happen with a LeBron arrival to L.A., didn't materialize. The context is so different than what we thought it might be even a couple weeks ago when we're like, you know, this LeBron thing feels like it's it's real. There's a lot of smoke here. It still felt like, yeah, but he's not going to come alone. Well, in fact, he came alone. Paul George, as we learned before Sabado Higante even started. And what a night that was, man. What a Higante night that was uh, on Saturday. So, like, that part of the expectation was blown up before it started. And so we learned you know, that not only was he coming without a Kawhi Leonard deal, without Paul George uh, Chris coming Paul. as well, Chris Paul, someone, he also made it clear to Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka that I don't expect you to fix this around me instantly. I know this team isn't quite good enough yet. I trust that you'll make it that way. Don't do anything stupid because you think you got to do it to get me here. And so, you know, I'd written about this. You know, both of us have been writing for The Athletic, and uh, we have some new stuff up right now, and people should go read it and go subscribe to it. Well, I was going to say, you need to subscribe it. You need to subscribe first before you can actually read it, but you should subscribe. Um, And when I was thinking about how Lakers fans would react to LeBron, 
so much of it was that context of he's going to come and I don't even mean it as a criticism, but demand certain things. Like I want to have Kawhi Leonard on this roster before I show up. And by the way, I'd have been okay if it means getting Kawhi, or that's fine. Um, I'm going to do a one and one and just keep that pressure because I can because I'm LeBron James. But the Lakers seem to have gotten uh, a, a lot of good fortune, I think, to go along with their good work and that they picked up LeBron at a time when, you know what, he doesn't want to be potentially setting himself up to have to move his family again. He wa- he knows his legacy is more or less set, I think. Yes. Um, and can just do what he wants and be a little bit patient. And so the Lakers are fortunate. LeBron is changing the context of how he's coming. And then Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka should be congratulated for laying the groundwork over 16 months to where LeBron can say, I, lo- I want to be in L.A., and this is a viable place for me to be competitive and potentially win another title. Yeah, I mean, even if you feel like, and, and I've seen some uh, Twitter chatter about this at Cam Brothers, you know, on our timeline, that, I mean, Magic and Rob Palinka really didn't do anything because LeBron had made up his mind. And essentially, if, Ma- you know, we had heard from Brian Windhorst that, you know, right before free agency began, the meeting that LeBron was eventually going to have with the Lakers which, by the way, went down completely in secret. Yeah, nine oh one. No, but I mean, like, I'm but, saying he was Magic Johnson was at LeBron's house at nine oh one, and right. nobody knew. Nobody, nobody had any idea when it, when it was announced by Clutch that LeBron was joining the Lakers. It hadn't really even been confirmed that there had been direct contact at that point, like right. the conversation. It wasn't between, until later that afternoon, right? I mean, really, we we learned when we learned LeBron was going to be a Laker. But even if you think that, all right, this was basically. LeBron's decision more or less already made up, and all Magic had to do was avoid vomiting on the carpet during the presentation. The carpet, by the way, that belongs to LeBron because it's in his house. Yes. So this is a very big deal. The goodwill that LeBron extended, giving the Lakers that type of security, does speak to, at the very least, how much trust or connection that he has with Magic and the Lakers that he never gave Dan Gilbert. That was never afforded to Dan Gilbert. No, he didn't trust him. He didn't trust him. And, you know, you whether you think that's too harsh on Dan Gilbert, appropriate, whatever, Magic made that happen right away. So, you know, even if 99 of the yards to get to the touchdown was LeBron just walking, you know, like uncontested right, like the the quarterback bootleg where everybody goes one way and right. the quarterback waltzes in magic did do a little bit of a bush push to get it over they the finish did, line in the right way they did but I, i'll go Into back the end zone not it's the, mixed remember when we talked about the d'angelo russell deal and both of us were you know somewhat critical of it, it only in the, not so much in the sense of getting rid of mozgov makes sense but worrying that you're you're selling low on the russell asset which turned out not necessarily to be true, in part because D'Angelo's just not stayed healthy. But also, if you don't get those guys, I mean, it's it's back to that free agency thing. It's big fence swinging and all that kind of stuff. And if you don't get it, you've given up the asset, you're still left out in the cold, and it's like, you know, it's the risk. But if you do, it validates the trade. If you, you know, when when the the, the deal that they made this season with Clarkson and Nance, which was a little more popular. Oh, we loved that at the right. time. But but generally speaking, the same basic thing. Those trades only pay off if you close the deal. And when Paul George didn't even get a meeting, 
there was at least some concern. <laughs> Shout out to Nas. Seriously. There's at least By some- the way, that also, I mean, uh, not to go down a rabbit hole, but that really, as far as Russell Westbrook's image, this right. was huge for him. And I, and I think most, I, I agreed with a lot of, you know, Bill Orm wrote about this again for The Athletic. It reflects more on Oklahoma City and their culture, and I think to some degree, George and what he wanted and where he wanted to be, than anything the Lakers no necessarily question. did wrong. No question. I'm just saying, like, you know, we're not far removed from people wondering, you know, and all the Could anybody pieces. want to play with Russ? Exactly. But, you know, go back to it. I Every, you know, th- all these deals that they made, there was risk, and it was all designed to close to this point. And by doing so, it validates everything that they've done. So that, Le- that Le- LeBron is not stupid. I think by, I think we can all agree. And so even if he didn't need Magic to put him over the edge in that meeting, it's because they had done all the work before and and shown themselves to be extremely competent. You know, and and that is to be commended. And yeah, so I mean, I mean look, this, I, you could say there. I know you were concerned about the the collective li- yeah, of it, this. They're nailing of, it so right. Far. None of them individually. I I mean, maybe I will say I had some reservations about Magic just because this is it's different, li- completely different than anything you'd done. You know, Palinka with Walton with Magic, like individually, all of it seemed okay. But you're talking about a lot of collective inexperience combined with, by the way, Genie being pretty inexperienced as the ultimate shot caller. It's not unreasonable to wonder whether or not it would work. And, you know, point out, like, as talented as these people are individually, if this is this is a lot of work. Magic being a great businessman, a great point guard, a great ambassador for the game and for the team doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a great president of basketball operations. Rob Palenka being a great agent doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a great GM. But what they've done is remarkable. No, it, Go it, back it, to where they were two years ago, Andy, having signed Mozgov and Deng. They were in cap hell, and the the, the belief was that there would be no way to fix this quickly. And now they have LeBron James still have cap space, and we'll get into some of the things they might be able to do. They have a a new facility and a completely restored uh, concept of what this team is and what the Lakers are and the brand, and done so in a way that fits with what's modern and what's you know what you need to be in today's no, NBA. Hat, hats is, off to Magic, hats a, off to Rob, hats off to Jimmy Bus. They they've all done a fantastic job to this point. Um, so I mean, obviously, there, there's too much to get into for you know every LeBron piece of issue, you know, why he chose it, and what do you think this means for him, you know, legacy wise, and all that kind of stuff. Um, let's, let's get into his legacy when we're closer to actually being done with right, the ride. exactly. Um, but. Looking at how this impacts the Lakers, um, one of the more fascinating parts of this, and uh, you spent the day writing about it, is what it does to the front office in terms of, okay, now you've got him, how do you manage him? And what it does to Luke, because yeah. Luke Walton has in been... In particular, Luke. From my perspective, at least, what what has made Walton's first couple years so manageable for him and allowed him to kind of grow and and I think do a very good job is the fact that he really wasn't dealing with anyone on either roster in those first two years that had more juice than he did that's one of the things that I wrote about at the athletic and so now disagree with me if you will 
That's not true anymore. Nope. <laughs> Not true. I think LeBron James has more juice than Luke Walton. Yeah, and what I, what I think is interesting about this is, you know, LeBron has notoriously had very distant relationships with his coaches at best. I mean, there are many who feel that he is a flat-out coach killer or is certainly somebody who will behave in a way that will undermine his coaches on a regular basis. And Luke is going to need to be able to find ways that even if you believe that ultimately it's going to be LeBron really coaching the team, you still have to find ways to reach LeBron as a player, to have a certain amount of respect from LeBron if, you know, to make sure the other 14 guys see you as the coach. And what I think is really interesting about this for for Luke is that he's been prepared for this in the sense that he has spent a lot of time around basketball royalty his whole life, no strong questions. personalities. You know, whether you're talking about being the son of Bill Walton and everything that comes with that, being you know, being Kobe's teammate and you and I watching that dynamic between Kobe and Phil. Right. Watching that that dynamic between Kobe and Phil, but also, you know, getting to a place and you and I saw this because we covered those teams where he had Kobe's respect. Luke was somebody among Kobe's teammates that he genuinely no question. respected. No question. Then he ends up with, you know, a stint in Golden State uh, for the for the 2015 championship team. Uh, he was the interim coach that went 39 and four. You know, he had good relationships with a guy like Draymond Green, who is certainly no shrinking violet. So I don't think the issue is going to be Luke being intimidated by LeBron at all. I don't think that's going to be the problem. But you still have to find a way to be able to connect with LeBron and get him to buy into something. Because the reality is, Luke needs LeBron a hell of a lot more than LeBron needs Luke. Sure. Well, I mean, that's true of, of all st- – I mean, you, as Steve Kerr is as good as any coach in the NBA – He's more replaceable than Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Right, but he's not but he is but, not but he's the rare coach of superstars that isn't thought about as replaceable. But, you're, but, you're, but he is. No, I, I know that, I'm not but I, I don't want I don't want that's not the debate I want to have. My point is in the NBA, it doesn't matter how good a coach you are. If you have if you're on a team with one of those five guys, the five, one of those guys is always more valuable than the coach. No question. So it's 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 the that's the challenge, and for the it's the challenge for Luke. It's the challenge for the front office because, as much as as LeBron has clearly sent out the signal of I'm okay with this being a process and not instant championship caliber stuff. That may be true now. Is it going to be true in February if they, you know, what happens next year if Kawhi goes somewhere else and they have to, there's got to be a plan. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's, there's going to need to be some, some management and all it's, it's the hard work isn't over. You could argue different kinds of hard work is obviously beginning. I just feel like the, 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 the context of the arrival is going to make it so some of that difficulty is mitigated because at least you're not already if this is if 10 is no seriously fix this now at least you're starting at one and you're not starting you don't show up with him starting at five with the pressure already on see i think I, i disagree with that i think by definition when lebron shows up you're automatically at a five. Five is the baseline i just mean in terms of lebron personally cranking up in the ways and now his the other side of this will tell you, look, LeBron, A, doesn't want that kind of power. Pete, two, 
it was a little overstated in how much he had. He didn't want Kyrie traded. Kyrie got traded. Sure. He didn't want David Griffin fired. But it, David but, Griffin. But got it's fired. very difficult to find examples, even if you even if you want to believe all of that. Even and you know, I certainly don't think of nothing else. He wanted David Griffin fired. I, I find that actually very difficult to believe. The the examples Certainly not while he was getting in Paul George <laughs> right. The, the, well, I mean, maybe if you want to fire, does he need to be fired today? Right. It's <laughs> it, wait a week. It, it's similar to a bartending job I had one time that I got fired from after I had been, as it turned out, training my replacements that had yet to start. And I actually said to my GM, "Are you sure you don't want to maybe see how these people work out? Then fire me. If I was going to fire me, that's how I do it." <laughs> but. But even then, though, with and, and I don't disagree with what you're saying, there still are a lot of receipts and a lot of examples of how that may not apply specifically to the coaching relationship. Sure. That's all I'm saying. I think I think Luke exists a little bit outside of this. I'm not saying that I'm predicting anything well, he's, bad. He's said happen. as much. Well, I mean, when we were talking, we, we talked about guys last year and superstars and this and that, whatever. And Luke, I think to his credit, said it as we were talking about it during the year. Look, if... You know, LeBron comes to L.A. and he wants me gone. I'm going to be gone. Like, he gets it. Right, and I'm not predicting he's going to be gone. I'm just saying I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how this dynamic develops. Yeah, for sure. And it's I, I, this will be, I think, the place where... If anything, I think really Luke see. could actually be the rare coach that LeBron finds some degree of connection to. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's no reason he can't be like Spo. I I. Don't disagree. You know, young guy coming up that way. I mean, it's so that's something to look forward to. The you know what happens going forward. The front office is obviously something that that will be going forward. But you can you can tell by you know Ramona Shelburne reported it, and just by what they've done with their moves that it's pretty clear they don't have to win today. Um, and that brings you to Kawhi. How the Lakers handle this becomes, I to me completely fascinating like the the game of chicken that is now being played i almost feel like the lakers you know despite the potential cautionary tale of paul george are looking at this like we can play chicken because we're driving a tank and they're in like you know a honda fit or something like that i'm not saying it's the right attitude but at right now in this very moment and that could change by tuesday the lakers have far more leverage in this situation than San Antonio does. Well, they certainly have more leverage than it felt like they had just like 96 hours ago. Right, because LeBron came without Kawhi. Well, but I mean, before we were specifically hearing that LeBron was hesitant to come without Kawhi, and and there were enough people reporting this that I don't think it was all smokescreen. I mean, and the Lakers were, you know, engaging in talks with San Antonio that at the very least made it clear they bought it. It was a smokescreen. The Lakers bought it. Well, they bought it to a point, at least. They, sure. They obviously weren't willing to give. Them, they they clearly believed that they could get LeBron without getting without securing Kawhi. Like we talked about this on Friday during the uh, during the free agent spectacular show that we were doing. It's one of those deals where, like, if you can take it from we're about eighty percent sure LeBron's coming to we're a hundred percent sure he's coming by making a reasonable trade for Kawhi Leonard, you do it because even if LeBron wasn't coming and you could make a reasonable trade for Kawhi Leonard you'd do it um having said that though I'd still have some concerns if I'm the Lakers because for the sure. te- because the teams that you hear about being interested in maybe rolling the dice on Kawhi Boston to a lesser extent but definitely Philadelphia those are teams that I would not be necessarily comfortable 
with Kawhi spending a year there. Because they could be good this yes, year. Yes, because yeah. they could be very good. it's good. hard to leave a successful I mean, if I, if I hear that, say, Orlando or Sacramento or somewhere like that says... Do your worst. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I hear one of those teams is like, screw it, let's give it a roll, I'm like, you know what? All right. Yeah. That's fine. Philadelphia... You know, he's got a relationship with Brett Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been pre-established. He'd be surrounded by very good players. He'd fit terrific. I'd be concerned at the prospect of him spending a year there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Boston's the same way because they're capable of winning a title. You know, they're capable, of, arguably capable of, of winning one now, although they're not better than Golden State. If you add Kawhi to that, oh, they're definitely, they're definitely right up there. And so, you know, it, I... I there is a, still a really compelling argument, though, to be made for trying to hold on to your stuff. Paul George isn't Kawhi Leonard because George did it, you know, didn't you know, ended up not giving it. Doesn't mean Kawhi will do the no same doubt. thing. Um, and I think the the other big thing that changes is by having LeBron. I think the Lakers will feel even if Kawhi does waffle, somebody else will be available. My counter to that would be, I can almost guarantee you that somebody else isn't as good as Kawhi Leonard, because Kawhi's a top five guy, and unless you're talking about, you know, things don't go well in Golden State next year. Clay. No. KD. Oh, KD. Mm. You know? He's He's as good as Kawhi. He's as good as Kawhi. He's as as good as (laughs) Kawhi. He's as good as Kawhi. Clay's not as good as Kawhi. No. If my choice is make a trade now that makes me know that I'm keeping Kawhi Leonard or take my chances with Clay. I mean, Clay with LeBron. Woo. That sounds cool to Woo. me. I could, I could do that. Woo. I would watch that show. Um, but I also feel like too, like if Daryl Morey had a plan to somehow get LeBron James to Houston this year, despite the cap hell that that team is in, if Clay really wants to play in LA, they'll figure something out. Yep, they'll get him here. Um, so I, I. I I am. How fascinating, by the way, would that be if it ended up some type of sign and trade with the Warriors? So, like a new Cleveland Boston. If you get, like, I, I really want to keep Brand. I really want to see what Brandon Ingram playing with LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard looks of like. All the kids. I really. I mean, you. I you desperately and I, want to see what that. looks You like. and I have made this very clear over several radio shows, things we've written, podcasts, whatnot. Of all the kids, Ingram is the one right. you and I, I would, want to I, hang on to the hardest. Me, and you know, especially since Lonzo appears to be someone who's staying, and I think is a great fit with LeBron. And we'll get into some of that stuff, probably not today, but as we go along, like how the young guys fit, as we see who is actually going to be on the team. But man, I uh, something about watching Lonzo, a lineup of Lonzo, probably next to Ingram, with some sort of Kawhi Lebron combination in the front court with whoever you have left over as a center. I want to watch that more than I want to watch Kyle Kuzma. More than I think, I, like that. That's the, that's what I want to well, see. Well, I particularly, too. but that's what we just finished. But that said. If I needed to sacrifice Ingram today to get me Kawhi and know that I'd get it done, I would do it. And if it meant, it was particularly if it meant just Ingram in the pick or Kuzma in the pick or something like sure, that. Sure, I, I get now. that, but man, you get a you got to be really sure about what's going on with Kawhi's health. I mean, you really sure. need to. I mean, that that makes me concerned. So would you just would you just wait and make him play a season? I don't know. I, I actually don't know. I mean, a lot of this depends it's on hard. what. Well, a lot of it actually depends on what are you hearing that Philadelphia would be willing to give up. Because, again, I would be concerned about letting Kawhi spend a year there. 
I really would. I think that's a dangerous game to play. I think what they're going to do and is just kind of keep it. You know, if Philadelphia or Boston crank up their offer, they'll crank up their offer the same. If the Clippers somehow come up with something that would entice San Antonio enough I mean, to we get know Kawhi, everything they have. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm it just feels saying, like there's very little mystery. Left. I agree with you, but I'm just saying, if they if they come up with something, then the Lakers kind of. They they because if if what Stephen A. Smith is saying, for example, is true that Kawhi is so desperate to not have this happen in San Antonio that he's willing to sit out a year, which I don't, I buy, don't buy. I don't buy. I mean, I, I'm not doubting. I mean, Stephen A. is damn well sourced. I am not. I don't doubting buy him. I but, I don't. I just don't buy that Kawhi would do. They're that. clearly just trying. I think they're trying. I mean, to the idea because at that point you're si- at that point you're sitting out essentially two seasons. A lot of time for that leg to heal. I'm I'm just saying that's no. It's, I I don't buy it. But I I think my impression, and it's you know this has all been going on for a grand total of of 15 hours, is that the Lakers are going to wait and they're going to kind of roll the dice a little bit. It's a higher risk, higher reward scenario where you can keep these guys and potentially still get Kawhi and make it work. And that actually one of the guys and easy seg here is Joyce Randall even before the uh the news about LeBron on Sunday what happened on Saturday night you know Pacific time was great for the Lakers if the goal with Paul was George keep, you're, you're with, with with Paul George not coming with um teams like Brooklyn Aaron, and Aaron Indiana, Gordon staying in Orlando Orlando Dallas with DeAndre Jordan all these teams that were potential Phoenix using 15 million dollars on Trevor Ariza all started to line up really well for the Lakers to be able to hold on to Randall, whether it's by him just taking the qualifying off or whether it's by the Lakers, you know, just kind of as a gesture of goodwill could offer him a big one year deal and pay him a little bit more. And then he feels good about the team and, but still wants to be an unrestricted free agent. Maybe they engineer a sign and trade, you know, that gets Julius paid, but the Lakers get something back or, and this would be my favorite is figure out a way in a tighter market, to get him under contract for 13, four years and $13 million or $14 million or whatever it might be. Because I think Julius Randle signed at that number. I understand it eats into their 2019 cap. You can always move him. He Not only would he he'd be incredibly valuable. Well, here's the other thing, too, that I that I like the idea. Randle on a qualifying offer, if he, if he does the one year to end up a, uh, an unrestricted, unrestricted free agent next year, he has a no-trade clause. At that point, you actually can't trade him. So that makes him less pliable as an asset for that year. I mean, it's different circumstances, but it's the same thing as when the Lakers signed Boozer to that one year, one of these zillion reasons that that was the dumbest signing I'd ever heard of. But, you know, if you sign Randall to an actual contract, you know, of length, a new one, then he actually can be traded, say, Mid-season, mid-season or, sure. Or it just you get more opportunity to actually do something with him. I just, and if that's the right. And one of go. the options, by the way, because we talked about Ingram before, and and Lonzo, I think, is a great fit next to LeBron as a low use, other than the shooting thing. But in terms of moving the ball and kind of basketball ethics, you know, yeah, they, I, I see a. I see a lot of pl- – I, I know we're going to dig further into this when we know who's actually on the roster, right. like, say, in a couple weeks. I think Lonzo is in some ways a good fit and some ways an awful fit with LeBron. Yeah, I can we, see we can that. We can sure. get into both. Um, you know, Ingram, I think, is a great fit next to Ingram, LeBron. we were talking about Ingram earlier. I just want to say this while I remember. 
more than just seeing what Ingram looks like playing with LeBron, I would just want to see Ingram learn from, from LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. Because Ingram has that desire and I think the skill set to be that sort of versatile do everything mm-hmm. type player and he's got the work ethic and, to and potentially the, and the best model for that in the league. Exactly. Um, That's where I really want to see it. But the guy, the other guy who seems to be again, there are certain things outside there's no outside shot there necessarily although you you know taking like a thousand of them a day is that what we heard about Randall taking a thousand threes a day that's a lot of three pointers every day um Randall's activity and physicality and motor and the ability to finish in the pick and roll and do all that stuff that he's been very good at next to LeBron is another great fit well, like switchability I could, on I defense see, I'm just talking about the you know, the ability to sort of put up numbers and how they right. work offensively okay. defensively I actually think the team that they're setting up could be very good I just like I feel like Randall, like a lot of these guys, because they're versatile, because they I think are reasonably smart players, could do really good next to LeBron. And I, I'd like to see I you know, you and I are, are governors of of Randall Island. I always feel and, good, by the way, that we're joined by Zach Lowe because yes, unlike us, Zach actually, Zach actually knows what he's knows talking what he's about. Doing. And he's a big Randall enthusiast, so that makes me feel better. I just about feel like the value of Randall play on this team playing with with LeBron, you know, is sort of essentially. I think they they could even start him as a small five. I I don't disagree with you. Um, could be don't disagree awesome. at all. I, I want you know, so I want to see all these things happen. Um, yeah, it's still it's going to be very fascinating to see how this plays out with. I mean, the only team I can think of. There's two teams I can think of that maybe have the space to give him that type Chicago of offer. Still got Chicago some. and Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta has some space. But Atlanta, I mean, right. And maybe they make him a big offer. But it's interesting because I, I keep, I've heard some people say, like, you know, well, the Bulls and but don't, Atlanta. Doesn't it, didn't Atlanta, are, they have Collins, and then they just draft a guy? I, I don't. Yeah, you're right. They do. Uh, so maybe, they just maybe have, Chicago. They supposedly have their front court of the maybe, Yeah, maybe. I mean, although I don't know if either one of them are better than Randall, But, you know, people... Yeah, I've heard more than two anyway. Right. But. I've heard people say with Chicago, well, you know, yeah, but they're looking to they're looking to tank to, you know, get as high a lottery pick as they can get, all that stuff. At the same time, though, if you're looking to rebuild, wouldn't you want a guy like Randall? I mean, how many of those picks are going to end up better than 23, him? He's 23 years old. Right. Um, if, you're, if you're going in the rebuilding mode one way or another, I would want Randall. Right. I, I just think... People will complain if they sign Randall to something. Oh my God, they're using up their 2014 cap without under, or 20, 2019 cap without understanding the value that a player who is out who's on a on a who's price fixed for three or four or five years, but is almost guaranteed to outplay their value has in a salary cap league with a kid that you know is young improving and all that and i think randall is that guy don't focus on what he doesn't do as well remind yourself of the things that he does um the lakers didn't just stop with lebron james although um to quote what they say on passover it would have been enough dianu uh i was thinking that too actually <laughs> <laughs> i almost tweeted something about it but i'm like it's just gonna be too i had to look up the actual prayer right. <laughs> I, I don't know it they they added they they did three other maneuvers on Sunday. They uh, re-signed KCP for twelve million dollars. A little hat tip there to Clutch Sports. You mean uh, Clutch Tavius? Clutch uh, Clutch. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a couple people. Um, God, it's a little bit too much for KCP. Like eight or nine million. You know what? 
three million bucks of tip money for Clutch Sports for delivering LeBron. That's good. That's yeah. enough. Well, I mean, KCP did his job. Yeah. Because you, you know that guy was an intel source. Sure. You, I mean, he was the mole, and that guy did a very good job as the mole. It's been a really good two years for KCP. Well, except for the Seal Beach thing. Right. Aside from that. Well, that wasn't his. That happened before. No, but that was that still was, that was the remnants of that. But yeah, I, I'm I mean, just he, talking about he served financially. The time. He's kind of oh. sort of you know, to be quote unquote used in the way that that KCP was. I wish you know, we the bridge to LeBron. We should also be so lucky. Exactly. So yeah. thirty million dollars later, clutch Tavius, clutch will clutch. <laughs> thirty million dollars later, um, all seems well in the world. I I like that. I mean, no, you know I, what the last. Three months once of the he got, season. Once, once, he got, once he was done being monitored by the state. <laughs> once he got out of the pokey. Right. And he have to, you know, <laughs> he, he, and look, go to, to jail be, after games. I was going to say, to be fair to Contavious. He went to jail right, after games. Right. You, you could see where that might weigh on a man. Right. I mean, and as he said, like, you know, you're separated from your family. It's not yeah. like he came out I mean, here. He doesn't have a lot of people out here. He's got his family and that's it. Yeah, and when you got to go to jail son. after games, it's hard I mean, to granted, play well. it, granted, it was a cell that apparently might be nicer than my home, but still, it, it's that not ni- speaks less about. Jail I was going to say the problem is home. it's not nicer than his home, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as jails go, this was a. If you're gonna go to jail, this is. I mean, it wasn't in a pit. I mean, <laughs> forget- no, but I like. Have you ever watched those shows like Locked Up Abroad? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. You learn some places you don't, don't want, want to go to yeah, prison. For sure. Venezuela, for <laughs> example. <laughs> not good. You don't want to go there. Follow the rules. Um, but, but overall, you know, he's. Oh, he played I, very well the last very couple well months. down the stretch. You know, he's a guy who I think would accept moving to the bench depending on who yes. else you bring. And he's, you know, he plays be, extremely hard. Yeah. You know, slightly overrated probably as a defender, but still. He's disruptive. Good. He's and, more disruptive than a really great defender. Right. But, you know, part of that team that got much better defensively and, you know, cares about that side of the ball. And again, he is clutch Tavius, clutch well clutch. Right. Um, makes the, a difference. Uh, this, and we'll do these sort of in, in reverse order of, I think, interestingness. Uh, JaVale McGee was, they signed, they picked up JaVale at the league minimum. He's got two rat tails. He does. <laughs> <laughs> and as much as, but as much as we like to tease. He was great in the finals. He was great in the he finals. He was terrific. Veterans minimum. And I, you know, if the Lakers do with him exactly what Golden experience. State did. <laughs> yeah, I saw on Twitter like somebody put up like you know, and he could be a gr- a great veteran mentor for those like slow down, slow down here a little bit. By all rights, Javale was a, a very good oh, citizen terrific. and is a good guy and all that stuff. I, and he had like four prayer hands like next to it. <laughs> let's pump the brakes. Let's, on let's that slow one. down on that. Like you know, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> let's walk before we run here. Exactly, but conceptually, you know, they need a. a it doesn't appear Brooke Lopez is coming. He's back. their only. Like form of rim protection, unless you count LeBron chase down right. blocks. And so, for you know, if they do exactly what they did with him in Golden State last year, where some days he's not going to play at all, other days he could play twenty five minutes or whatever. Yeah. Matchup specific, go do your job, roll hard to the rim yes. on screen and rolls, which they also don't have a lot of. No, defend the rim on the other end of the on the other end of the floor. Be that guy. I like that signing to me made a ton of sense. Great use of the veteran minimum. Maybe you agree, you disagree. No, I, okay, I'm, good. I'm good with it. In addition, by the way, to the two rat tails, he also has a tattoo of a mustache on his finger that he can put <laughs> underneath his nose to create a mustache. This is true. Right. <laughs> this is actually <laughs> so, true. We have to separate. <laughs> when Andy and I talk about free agent signings, there are two things. over there. There, there, there is my professional self that does things like this or hops on the radio 
and you know we do the pre and post game for the Lakers. I love JaVale McGee for that, but you also then have to put on your basketball analyst hat and make sure. I think he makes sense. I think he makes sense for both. That brings me to Lance Stevenson. Again, the part of me that the professional self of radio, podcast guy, guy who goes to practice, loves the fact that Lance Stevenson, wait for it, has blown into town. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the appropriate reaction. (laughs) I'm going to admit I did not see that one coming. No. Teaming up those two together? No. not see that coming. It's like, it's like, on the one hand, we made your job a little more difficult, Luke, by signing these guys, by signing uh, LeBron. On the other hand, here's uh, Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee. <laughs> Enjoy. But he does have experience coaching Nick Young. Yeah. Um, Lance is interesting to me from the basketball perspective in the sense that there's some things, you know, when, when he's focused, and actually all in all, he played, I think, pretty, pretty well, well last for, year. for Indiana. Pretty well. He is in a lot of ways, and I wouldn't say a destitute man's LeBron James, but he is a poor man's LeBron James in the sense that he can do a lot of different things. He just can't do any of them close to as well as LeBron. But the one thing he cannot do at all, which falls into a pattern of this team in general, is shoot. Right. I mean, he can play. I, I picture him running the point for the second unit. That's yeah, what I actually I think, think he's going to be doing. Do. And I actually think that makes sense. And I think that's a good use of him. He did right. a good job with that. Point forward Indiana. type guy. Yeah. And it's nice to have the second unit last year was short on guys who could move the ball. Yes. And he can do that. And he can do that. And he's a good rebounder. And he's and, tough. Know, there will be nights when Lance puts up kind of eye-popping per-minute numbers. Yes. The problem is he is a wretched three-point shooter. Yes, he is. And so what you start to pile these guys up on top of each other. And the Lakers had a weakness in outside shooting that got better as the season went along, in part because players like Josh Hart got more playing time, and you know he Kuzma will play a much bigger up. role in yes. the in the offense this year than he did last year. I'm sure they're thinking of that when they're when they're putting this stuff together. Kuzma rebounded from kind of a midseason slump, like you say, Andy. Shot around 36, 37 percent down the stretch. Ingram was well over forty percent. He just doesn't take a lot, low volume, but it was there. But they don't. They have. Guys who can shoot from three, but they don't have shooters. The you understand o- what I mean by yeah, that? No, yeah. the, there's only the only player currently on this roster that I believe in as a shooter is Josh Hart, right? Because he took enough, and if you look at like his shot charts, he's great from the corners. He's great straight away. Mm-hmm. He took a lot. I just think he's good at this. He is a good shooter. Right. I buy into him, but. Rep, you know, you need a little more time before you. I think. Well, whatever. I'm just saying, I'm willing to make that leap. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Sure, but there's nobody else on this roster. I mean, KCP shot well the last few months, but it's a real. Historically, I was going to say it's a real outlier for the rest of his career. Ingram doesn't take enough. Kuzma, I need to see more, and then the other guys, I need to see less. Because seen him do it right, and you know, Lonzo. I you know, Lonzo. We saw. I saw some numbers. It was around 39 percent as a catch and shoot guy. You know, in the last little bits that he played, but then the flip. We should talk about this. Um, you know, the fact that well, when's he going to play? I I don't expect the Lakers to have already have put a perfect team together around LeBron. Um, you know, again, seventeen hours after this has been done, I didn't love the Lance signing. Uh, I think they could have done more. Not I think the, the the consensus around the league seems to be the reaction is. 
it's not that it's bad. It's just that they probably overpaid. He probably could have gotten him for a minimum and used that four and a half million bucks on someone else. We'll see. Um, I mean, to some degree, I guess it depends also on how long they end up holding on to Julius as qualifying. You know, all right? They, and they, they might, could, if you stretch, dang, you could, right. there's all kinds of stuff that could go go on here. But just in adding LeBron and Lance Stevenson is a, a useful player. I don't disagree. And JaVale McGee is a useful player. This is an intriguing team. Yeah. And Nate Silver at 538 has them pegged, if they don't do anything else, with just these guys keeping Randall, including Stevenson, including McGee, obviously with LeBron. At I th- it was either 52 or 53 wins. That that seems about right. I, I mean, mean, I think they could. That's Look, I, I have been consistently saying that I felt if this team was basically retained from last year, you keep Randall, and you add Brooke Lopez KCP type players, players. Ar- right around the young core, they're going to be a forty-something win team without LeBron. I mean, I thought they were going to end up a playoff team without him. So the idea of if you add LeBron, do you start getting into the fifties? It's absolutely yeah. believable. What's crazy to me about it, though, is, and I, obviously, I don't think all of these teams will win fifty games. It's not my point. But if you look at the Western Conference, yeah, I saw you tweeted this at yeah, Cam Brothers. It's, it's. 30 anywhere from a 30 percent or beyond chance that that there are 10 teams in the western conference that could conceivably win 50 games where you look at it and say well they were either did it last year or they were awfully close and you know obviously golden state is going to houston. i got i got the list that you okay, tweeted yeah. out in front of me you you had golden state obviously houston houston who i think got worse but yes, is still did. a good they're team. gonna miss a they're reason. gonna miss trevor a reason i think that last year i feel like was their best shot it probably was their best shot i was hoping by the way that trevor might be a possibility for the lakers yeah i re- i mean a he so could help. the lakers yeah a he could help b we just both like trevor a lot utah They'll, if they, if the second half of last year is any indication they will absolutely yeah, re-sign they, Derek Favors uh, today. And if guys stay healthy, they will absolutely win 50-plus. Lakers, we were just talking about. OKC. They with, won 48 last year, Yeah, correct? With, with all the trouble uh, with Mello and all that stuff, they they could easily do it. Uh, Minnesota? they Had Jimmy Butler not gotten hurt, would have won three more games. New Orleans? That's... It's interesting, Again, but it's, I see I what you're saying. I would predict no. But I see what you're saying. But they got to 48 last year, a lot of which was while Boogie was hurt. And, you know... What's going to happen with him I, is fascinating. We'll use a couple minutes on that at the end. But, you know, saying, like I would say probably not, but it's possible. Right. Portland? They won 48 last year. Denver? They won 46 last year, I believe, with despite missing Millsap for like half the year. And then, as you pointed out, San Antonio. Won 47 games last year, and Kawhi didn't play. Yeah. So even if you say Kawhi leaves, okay, that just means the, the the team they were last year, and they still won 47 games. Do I think they'll win 50? No. Could they? Possible. Man. Meanwhile, Dallas has gotten better. They, they're going to get DeAndre, the, you know, Luka Doncic, and you know, Dennis Smith. And and whatever that they're better than they were. They're not going to win fifty games, but they're better than they were. Phoenix is getting better. Not saying they're good. They're thirty. I'm just not. I'm not necessarily convinced they're getting better. But anyway, whatever. they got talent. If yes. nothing else, yes. It's bonkers. Cl- Clippers here. aren't going to be terrible. They're not going to no, be great, but they're they'll not be, be they'll terrible. Be, if if they get sixty games out of Gallo, which probably won't happen. <laughs> 
athletes <laughs> over over the entirety re- of his contract. I already regret saying it. <laughs> over how many years? Yeah, but Tobias Harris is a good player. Yeah. If Patrick Beverly ends up coming back, they'll they'll pick up a couple dudes. Whatever. I think be. they're going to be a high thirties. They're a ish team, but they're high thirties. But that's not low forties. Competent, right? They're a competent near five hundred team. They're like there's like no there's one garbage team left in the conference. Memphis. Okay, two. I was thinking. I forgot about Memphis. Memphis and and Sacramento. I mean, who knows what Memphis is actually going to be? Sacramento. Sacramento. We okay. know what they're going to be. That is crazy. I know. Meanwhile, as somebody pointed out, name the five best players, and I don't expect you, but who are the five best players in the Eastern Conference? Five best players in the East. East. Um, Embiid. Embiid. Kyrie. Kyrie Simmons. Simmons. Um, Jimmy Buck. No, he's in the he's West. In the West. I forgot. DeRozan. Uh, in the Maybe? east, were uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. No, I'm not. Oh. But you understand, we're having a be, difficult time coming up with five. five. <laughs> this is and for the opposite amazeballs. reason that it's hard to come up with the five best in the West. It's the complete right. It's the total opposite. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie. It's okay. Who are the you know like the five best players in the Pacific Division are better than the five <laughs> best players in the Eastern Conference? Yeah. Yeah, man, the East is a uh, Giannis. Giannis. Okay, Giannis. We forgot about Giannis. Giannis. It's a dumpster fire. In that it conference. is. They 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 need to re- at the very least they need to realign and reconfigure the All Star game. Is, yeah, because the the idea of you know force feeding. I, I'm not or a huge fan people of from the full East, conference realignment, but for the All Star game, for the All Star game, you're you already to. mixing and matching the actual teams. Like Mario anyway. Hazonia <laughs> making it with the Knicks this year because Porzingis may not even play half no. the year. You put Porzingis on the list, he's not going to play. Oladipo, oh, okay. But still, I mean, it's taken us a long time just to come up with guys that you're like, could I even put him on the list? And if you're Boston, you're like, this is spectacular. Oh. Kyrie, you're not feeling well. Take your time, man. Gordon Hayward, take your time. Jalen Brown, you feeling a little burnout today? Go get a massage. It's fine. I Don't saw um, uh, Jason Concepcion at the Ringer uh, at Network had a hilarious tweet. LeBron choosing the Lakers is the greatest day in Toronto Raptors <laughs> history. <laughs> no question. Yes. Like the Raptors could make the finals next yes, year. Yes, the they could. Uh, um, I yeah. It, Boy, if they get bounced this year early, then we're really going to know it ain't LeBron. It's just you guys. I mean, in, in, in you know, in some ways, like we know if if Kawhi doesn't make it to the Lakers this year, if Kawhi does get to the Lakers this year, there's at least a chance I think you could run that team out there if a couple of the young guys show some real progress. Which Kawhi, I think they will. Either I think, way, I agree. But Kawhi with LeBron and some firepower from those other guys. It's a good team. I wouldn't pick them to beat Golden State. I'd watch that series, though. I, I Well, I was going to say I would pick them as a team that Golden State would prefer to see eliminated by somebody else. Correct. Yeah, we, we, you still go into the season assuming Golden State's going to beat everyone. As well you should. As well you should. But you got to remember, they were down 3-2. And if Chris Paul doesn't hurt his hamstring there's a really good chance that they don't, they don't go to the finals year. correct and so this notion that golden state is unbeatable if everybody's engaged and healthy yeah they're probably going to beat any team but there's a good chance they're not going to be engaged all year there's a good chance they're not going to be healthy all year and look everything ends at some point correct every everything at some point meets its finish and Golden State at some point is going to, if nothing else, meet a finish in runs. 
Like there will be a year where they give the title to right. somebody else. I actually think this is this is good. And Tim Kawakami, again for the Athletic, wrote this. Wrote about this. I I didn't read the whole thing, but I just you know, read enough of it to get the 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 nut of it. It's this is good for Golden State. It's just different. It's something that's interesting. And because we've talked about this, they don't have the ability because their top four is so good to kind of swap out a fresh. You know, Ron, they could use a Ron Artest guy. Yeah, they could use their version of Artest in the 2010. And it's just, it's a different. Show. Oh, we gotta, we gotta figure out how to play with Ron this year. So that's the thing that's gonna mentally keep us engaged. It's all tricks that these guys have to play on themselves to get them to do it. But that might have been enough. Now LeBron in the Western Conference. It's that might be atten- enough. Yeah, it's, it's, go- it's enough to get their attention. If at nothing the very else. least, uh, you wanted to bring up Boogie, Boogie real quick. Would. I, if I'm the Lakers, I don't do that anymore. I, there, you could, I guess, renounce Randall. And again, I just want to point out how much I love using the term "renouncing." It feels <laughs> it's very jazz singer, you know. Like I'm going to turn my back on you. I renounce you as my son. Uh, See, it reminds me more of like like twelfth century twelfth century England. Like it feels like a word that was thrown around a lot during. Oh that yeah, period. I just but it's 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 so dramatic. It is. Very it is dramatic. such a dramatic word for we're just not going to resign you. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel a little renouncing, much. just like you you know with malice. We're sending yeah. him out of the world. Everything Julius Randall stands for, we are turning our back it, it on. It does. Ha- it does have a, and then we threw him into the town square right. for ridicule. Right. If we renounce feel. him. <laughs> I mean, just you know, it, it's very I mean, dramatic. This case it wouldn't even be personal we're just not it just it's a cap thing fit in our cap space <laughs> yeah um so you know the, the if they renounce randall and stretch dang you know maybe you can come up with a way to to pay boogie on a short time doesn't that feel like a lot like you know integrating a somewhat healthy cousins in with maybe acquiring that's the thing you, Kawhi don't, you have with no idea what he's going to look like when he's going to be able to play i mean the the pluses for boogie if he looks remotely like himself he's the most talented big in the league well i was going to say Anthony i Davis. was going to say beyond that the lakers are going to play at a slower pace mm-hmm. this coming season because despite how incredible he is in transition and can't be stopped lebron doesn't like to play fast he's running up and down the floor yeah this he's, is he's not, never been on a uh, high paced team right and the, despite the way the lakers have been a running gun team the last two years under luke walton they're gonna slow down right which means boogie fits better for that mm-hmm and look, you want to talk about somebody who can take a you know a pick your blank pressure off LeBron, you know, pick a scoring burden, pick an assist burden, rebounding, whatever. Demarcus Cousins can do all of that. But you're right; it feels like a lot. Am I? There two things, for a year that yeah. they don't seem to be going all in anyway. Maybe, but like, look, and if he comes back and he's healthy, you can turn this year into something else. Particularly if a Kawhi deal comes. But there are two things about it that I don't like. The first one is there's a really good chance that. Cousins plays pretty well and is a pretty, you know, a, a pretty well behaved and all that kind of stuff and seems to buy in your culture, but not so well that you know everything's okay. And then you have to make the decision of whether or not to, to really go all in on the guy. And I don't like being put in positions. It's why I didn't want to have to acquire Chris Paul last year. Didn't want to have to be why I was smart to trade Andrew Bynum or why I would trade Kyrie Irving now because I don't want to have to be the guy who has to decide, is this where I really want to put my money when I know in the, in my heart, in my gut, that there's a really good chance that this is not going to work out right. Like with Kyrie, great player, but dude's been limping around for two years, 25 years old, not going to get better. 
I don't think. I'd be worried about that. Yeah. Andrew Bynum, same thing. The second thing is, I you hear enough people who have been around Boogie. Michael Thompson's a great example. If you put him in the right position, around the right people, and in the right culture, he's great. And he's a good guy. In Sacramento, they love him. Like yeah. I mean, the city of Sacramento loves him because Boogie has given so much to well, that I mean, to, to genuine be cl- guy. I was going to say to be to be fair and I think accurate about Demarcus Cousins. His issues have all been on the court. Yes, he's never had any trouble away from the in court. The community or anything. and no, no nobody's ever spoken badly about him as a person. It's just him as a professional, as a, right? As a professional in an organization, as a person. Good He's a great guy, and I, I know I know when when I. It's important, I think, to say that because otherwise, I, I don't think he's a knucklehead. Well, it's like, well look, it's in like the same way that other athletes have. been It's like at the introductory uh, press conference that the Rams had for Marcus Peters, the the cornerback that they traded for for KC, and Marcus Peters was asked because Marcus Peters has had issues during games of losing his temper. He got ejected once he threw the referee flag right. out into the crowd, and he was asked by a reporter. Um, about reputation and off-the-field issues, and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I don't like the way you're phrasing that. He's like, I've never had any problems off, off the, the field. field. You know what I mean? And, and you know, he's got to own what he's done behaviorally with his own team, but I think he very rightly pointed out, I've never had any problems right. away from the field. And so with Boogie, I, I really do feel like, you know what? Yes, he can be. In New Orleans last year, he was supposedly really good. They had... Didn't win as much with the two of them, he and A.D. But they were starting together, to figure starting it out. To. They're starting to figure it out. I just feel like this is the wrong market for it. Because even with LeBron here, even with Kawhi here, Cousins would be such a lightning rod for the kind of attention that when the team hit a little bit of a skid, or if he had a little bit of an out, the, the microscope that he would be yeah. under would be so harsh. I just don't think this is the right market for a guy who sort of emotional anger management type stuff is really the the issue. He could get all the support and structure from the team. I just feel like not here. I feel like this is the wrong place to go all in. Um, there's a good chance it could work out if he's healthy. I don't mean to say it wouldn't work here. It's I'd be nervous spending my money on it. Whereas in New Orleans, if he was healthy... I would have no reservations if well, you believe in your culture. I mean, look, e- either way, I just hope the guy can come back. Yeah, me too. Because that is a devastating injury. Well, that's really the, for, the, that's more than all of it's it. It's a devastating injury, particularly for big men. And my God, the guy was playing well before he got hurt. Yep. I mean, he's fun to watch play when he's healthy. All right. So we still, we got a few more things. That probably, a lot of it will probably be worked out over the course of the next you know, week to 10 days in terms, I think we'll know what's going on with Randall, how else the Lakers might fill out their roster, uh, what minimum guys they, that will come to join. And by the way, there will be a lot of dudes because around the league, the cap's going to go up next year. It's going to go up again the year after that. A lot of guys are going to be taking one-year deals. Uh, so that favors the Lakers too. Another bit of really good timing and good fortune that they've had. Um, now they have LeBron, so that makes them that much more attractive. So uh, we'll have a lot to continue, but Overall, Andy, we are back in a new era where we don't get vacation in mid-April anymore. No, we do not. And while our wives might not like it, I can tell you already, mine doesn't. <laughs> it's still good for business. Yes, we'll it is. We'll take it. Um, all right. That's it. See everybody next time. Thanks.